The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Founded by Asia-based recruiters back in 2012, over a thousand recruitment companies choose Vincere to accelerate their growth. Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.com io forward slash talent talk asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast hi i'm andrea ross your host and in this series we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces opportunities and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape if you're keen to be a guest on the show then please reach out Welcome to Talent Talk Asia. My name is Andrea Ross, founder of the team building, leadership development and e-learning company, The Career Establishment. I'm joined for an exclusive conversation with Ben McDonald, Director for Supply Chain and Procurement Practice for Connexus Global, based here in Singapore and focusing on Singapore and Asia growth markets. The podcast is split into two parts for your listening pleasure. Now, both podcast episodes focus heavily on billing managers. So for those individual billers that are looking to move into management, then you'll find this podcast just for you. Ben has over 14 years experience with Hayes, Randstad, Proco Global, Vertical Talent and more recently he's one of the three founders for Connectus Global focusing on supply chain and procurement practice for Singapore and Asia growth markets. In this episode of part one, Ben will share the history of Connexus Global, what the early days looked like for him when he started out as a billing manager back in Hayes in Australia, how he manages his time between individual billing and managing a team and how he leads his one-on-ones and how he's been able to motivate during COVID-19. In part two, Ben will share his experiences of managing underperformers, what adjustments he's had to make as a manager, managing through tough times and how the team has shaped up during the pandemic. He'll also share what roles are in demand right now and which ones have contracted and why. He'll share his insights on how procurement candidates work with recruiters and how as a leadership team at Connectus, they're anticipating further disruptions to their industry and how to overcome them. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we had making it. So don't forget to share with a friend and change their perspective today. Hi, Ben. How are you today? Um, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me on, uh, thanks for having me on it. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm delighted. I know we've met once before, but obviously yes. it was one of those formal get-to-know meetings about training. So I, I get to, yeah. this is more a bit, this is more sort of this is your life. So um, mm, it's a little bit more exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the first of many. Yes. Now, so today we're going to be delving deeper into the role of a billing manager. So before we kind of kick off into that, just sort of share with me a little bit more about Connexus Global for those that aren't so yeah. familiar with the company. Yeah. Okay. So um, Connexus, Connexus is a reasonably new business now. So we're, we're officially, uh, if you like, uh, two years old. Um, but we, okay. we had we had our yeah we, we had our hard launch in, in January two thousand and nineteen. So so we've been in, in sort of full full swing for just uh, just over eighteen months now. Um, so Connexus Global, we're 
Um, at the moment, primarily focused on, on Asia Pacific and, and about right. 80% of our work is, is Southeast Asia. Right. Um, the, the business, um, we're a, a value chain recruitment and, and search business. So, um, but value chain is probably a, a, little, a little less uh, well-known as what's, let's say, more traditional supply chain businesses, but effectively it's a, it's a, it's a broader slant on, on supply chain. Um, starts a little bit earlier than the traditional supply chain and, and finishes a little bit later. And, and, and what that means for yeah, us... Yeah, can you please um, tell me what that means for a non-supply yeah, yeah, chain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, so the, the business, um, if you like, head office, head office in, in Singapore, mm-hmm. um, it, it, from a functional perspective, we, we start with, um, with, with raw commodities and commodity trading. Okay. Uh, and we, we work with businesses that have interest in commodity trading. Um, and then organisations that, that flow with that product right the way through what, what they call a value chain, which typically results in an end product um, that can be refined or, or manufactured and then ultimately right. sold to a customer. Right. So, um, so, so the business um, effectively focuses on the different functions w- within the value chain, of which most of, of, of most would know them as, as being traditional supply chain functions. Um, but but that really touches all, all kinds of businesses across all, all industries. Um, the um, so that's our that's our functional focus, and, and then geographically, um, and, and and where we uh, I suppose where we where we get the most traction is in Southeast Asia because we have a, a Singapore office and then a Thailand office. So um, the the, the nice. business is is yeah. So the, the business is very focused on on this region, and the reason the reason we, we set the business up was was really to. Um, capitalize on, on the growth in, in Southeast Asia sort of two two to three years ago we, we started to see a real shift in in our clients and our companies that were were moving factories from say China to places like Thailand Indonesia Philippines um, and and then um, the, the business was set up with myself and, and my two business partners Alex Lee and, and James Egremont um, and we um, we sort of we came together as a, as a collective if you like and all with our, our different areas of expertise and, and put that together and, and what we had was a very Southeast Asia focused uh, recruitment and search business focused on the, on the value chain so are you um, all so, yeah, equal so partners a, then are you all equal yes. partners okay I'm not sure if I yeah. knew that or not yeah. okay yeah okay. yeah yeah so we're all, all equal partners all um, Previous colleagues, friends, and, and probably you know more so these days, serious serious colleagues and, and business partners. So yeah, how does that like work? A, how does that go from yeah. kind of? I mean, obviously you've known each other from a work perspective, and your friends mm. say, has there been times where you've had to kind of pull back, or you don't go out socially as much now? Like, how does that change? <laughs> no, no, there's, there's still very much the social aspect, and I think look, it helps that there has been you know different standpoints of the the relationship between the three of us because i think you know we could all say that we all know each other incredibly well there's, there's not a lot we don't know um so that obviously helps i think um originally being colleagues you know our, our relationship was, was formed and forged in a work context yeah. so there's you, you know we we know each other in in what was primarily the most important thing in, in the current context so um, so that was first and foremost and, and then obviously from that we, we you know we we enjoy spending time with each other and um we you know we were mates these days you know there's, there's a lot more at stake it's a lot more serious yeah so, yeah um but you trust you know, each we, other though but that that's yeah that's what's obviously quite important. yeah definitely definitely and, and you know we're all we are all equal partners so we we've got you know as, 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 as much to, to win or lose as, as, as the next person so i think i think that helps and um i think what's you know what, what what's what's probably what we've learned i think we've learned an awful lot more about each other i guess you know when we we started the, the business you you had a good understanding but but when 
you know, when you have to make decisions. And, yeah, and, and, diff- different and, responsibility. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And, 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 and you know, you, um, yeah, there's certain aspects of, of one's personality or characteristic and, and working together that you, you may, maybe hadn't been exposed to previously. Yeah. But having, having that having that footing of, of a good relationship, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's a good, it's a good grounding to, to basically make things successful. Yeah. And I think um, also, so yeah. yeah, I think also if you're, you're first starting off leading and taking that extra responsibility, you can, you can make mistakes in an environment where, you know, if you're, if you've got that trusted relationship with your peers, mm. you can make mistakes. You need to make mistakes, right. To be able to learn yeah, off definitely. those and grow as a leader. So it's nice that you can be definitely. in an environment where you can kind of find your feet as a leader. You want to be, um, mm. in an environment that's, that's safe, which not everyone has yeah. that opportunity, right. You kind of get, no, you get handed the baton and, you know, go yeah. <laughs> make it, make oh, absolutely. it work. I think, um, I think one of the, one of the advantages of, of, you know being, being being an owner of the business is that you you have to live and live and die by your own mistakes really yeah, so, um, so you know that 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 helps in the, in the sense that you know if, if there is a, a problem then um you know you're accountable to yourself in, in order to solve that problem and i think um you know i think i think one of the things that, that's actually surprised me about going into a, a partnership with um you know with a couple of former colleagues is, is actually um you, you find out a lot more about each each other that you didn't necessarily know previously you know and, mm. and then you realize that certain people have certain skills that you, you never mm. you never really saw or realized because you were never exposed to them and you find skills that you had you have yourself that you, you never <laughs> never necessarily realized yeah. that you, you had so yeah. Um, yeah it's been a it's been an interesting ride and uh yeah certainly you know certainly learned a lot about myself and yeah we're gonna um, hear. but look well, yeah, and we're going to hear more about it in terms of that journey. So, when when did you first start um, moving into management? Where was that in your career? Yeah, so um, so I, I started my recruitment career fifteen years ago, um, and uh, that was that was in Sydney at the time. So I, I nice. I'd, uh, went to sort of went to Australia, did the whole the whole backpacking thing, or actually never never actually got around to the backpacking. Just, <laughs> oh, you went there to do backpacking and then just got a yeah, job. That's a bit there, of a yeah, cop out, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was. It was. Yeah, I suppose it was a cop out, but I, I was still there nine years later. Do you regret that? Do you gr- regret time. not doing the backpacking? Not, not really. No, I, was, I don't think my heart was ever in it. Right. To be honest, I think um, you know, I, I, I was kind of I finished uni and I, I was like, it was sort of the dumb thing, and I, I went along with it. And um, but, but really, I think I think deep down, I just you know, I wanted the job, I wanted money, I wanted to, I didn't want to go through pick, and I wanted to go into a corporate office, right? And, you know, right. In a, in a Sydney tower block, and um, you know, have, have a have a bit more of a kind of a normal life, albeit in in Australia as opposed to the UK. And pay some um, loans off, I would imagine. Yeah, 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 very much so, very much so. Um, but um, but yeah, so started started my um, started my recruitment career in in, in Sydney. It was um, it, it was really a, a sort of a three month trial, which turned into um, well, turned into what, what ended up being quite a long career actually. We were Hayes, um, but uh, you know, really, really great time there. Really enjoyable sort of time, and, and you know, I think there's maybe a bit of fate in. In, in, in the job that I ended up landing with Hayes and, and the market I was in and, and, and how advanced the Hayes business was in that particular market at the time because certain things that I learned during that time carried with me throughout my my whole career. Um, but, but yeah, so basically um, started off contracting. They offered me a, a permanent job eventually and then went through that whole 
sort of corporate trading program that the Hayes do really, oh, they, really well. They do it really well. I'd love to nick mm. all their stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, no, it really wasn't, and you know, even to this day, I, I you know, I practice what I, what I, I learned during the, in those times, and you know, if, if you get that that that, that practical training and, and you get to apply it for a long enough period of time, it, it really, really, you know, there are really are some great skills to, to, to learn, and it's not just not just recruitment as well, but it was it was management, which was was where I got my first sort of. Um, opportunity to, to manage um, did you want to manage uh, then did you target yourself to manage or did someone just did it did you just sort of fall into that yeah it, it, i think um no I, I, it was it was definitely conscious I, okay I think, I think yeah i think i think the, the perception was you, you know you finish uni you go to work for a big company and the way to progress your career is, is to manage people um and, and manage a team and, and you know climb climb the ladder in, in that way you think the reality is that I, I see now is it's actually not not so much like that. It can be like that, but there's, there's other options you can take as well yeah. uh, in order to progress your career. So I suppose I, I you know, I, I went into this this corporate this corporate role with, with Hayes, and um, the obvious thing to do was to, to progress my career, which I did, and, and then slowly, slowly but surely, started to manage people, and my team grew and and, and, and got bigger at the time. Um, but I never really sort of questioned the, the other options available to me. So I, I sort of, again, went, went with the flow. Um, and, and it was good. You know, I, I enjoyed it and, and was successful at it. Um, but it, it, you know, it was probably quite different to what I, I realised it was. It was In what way? What, what surprised um, you then moving from individual to billing manager? Probably the, 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 the extent in which, um, the extent in which, you have to, you know, influence each other to work towards a, a collective goal, and, and then all the different leaders yeah. you can push and pull within that. Um, you know, I think I think my perception as a as a younger person was that if you are a manager, then you are the appointed one, and, and you, you know, <laughs> oh, you can, oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. um, the, the reality is that it definitely isn't the case, and that um, no, nobody really. Well, you, you do get made a manager, but you, you, you know, you don't really have to earn that. And, yeah, um, you have to learn that through the, the most important people, which are the people in your team. And in the people in um, your team, did you when you took over that team in Hayes, right? Um, mm. Were there sort of high billers in that team as well? Were there older people in that team? Like, what was the dynamics like? Because I also think that's quite interesting when you get made yeah. that manager. Like, what kind of team are you actually managing? Because that sort of determines what type of manager you end up being at that at that point in your career. Yeah, I think I think um, I think that is the case. I, th I think what you, you see, particularly in, in the bigger businesses, and I think this, this happens quite a lot, and, and you know, it doesn't always result in a successful outcome. But the, you know, the big billers can often become uh, the managers of the team, and it, yeah. you know, it doesn't work out for yeah. various reasons. Um, at, at the time, I, I think I, I was, you know, I was the, the highest biller, if you like, in, in the team. Um, so I was given the opportunity, and. and and, and for a you know for for a point in time where my, my team was big enough, I sort of maintained that being the highest biller and, and managing a smaller team, um, and and it was manageable and, and it was really only manageable up until a certain point, and, and then each team obviously grows in in size and it, it just becomes very very difficult to be the highest biller and and, and just manage a you know manage a, a large team. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's quite rare that you you have somebody with a very large team and, and they also manage a lot of people, which is very, very difficult. What, what had to change then your end? What was the conscious decision that you made 
what tasks, what responsibility, what did you do to try and to obviously be able to juggle both? There was a period of, I guess, adjustment to, to that, and it's um, it, it's a it's a realization that you you really have to take a step back and and, and ask yourself, well, what what do you want now? You know, do you want to to give up some of the um, you know the personal limelight and and and, um, and attention you get from being a high performer individually, and, and are you you know willing to pass that on to your team and, and be selfless and, and and so on? So I think ultimately that's what you need to do, but the the, the period of time in, in which it takes to to come to terms with that and yeah because you're a young manager right yeah in recruitment yeah. you're young yeah. it's not like you're kind of you right. know, mid-30s and kind of a little mm. bit more mature in how you'd approach things then you're mm. you're still growing your career so it's it's a it's a bit of a challenge to to look at that quite maturely right and give something mm. up to give to someone else yeah absolutely and obviously in a recruitment environment as well it is it is very competitive and um you know your your the salary is, is very much tied to uh, as an individual contributor your salary is very much tied to your performance so it's, it's, it's a bit easier to manage everything when you when you're an individual contributor but when you become a, a manager as i say it's, it's a lot more about collective and steering the collective in the right direction to what is sometimes possibly a longer term outcome and a longer term payday um so yeah so ha, ha, sort of take taking the, the the time to really come to terms with that change of how you view you and your career and, and actually what's important day to day and what what activities need to take place on a day-to-day week-to-week basis in order to to, to drive the collective towards the, the common the common outcome i think that you know it's, it's important that you you have a think about that and, and, and realise that that's actually what you want to do and that, that you're happy with, with some of the trade-offs that, that are involved in, in doing that. And when you say trade-offs, what, what was it specifically that had to change for you to be able to get out of the office, have a life, manage a yeah. team, still bill? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, um, I th- look, I think there's, there's trade-offs in, in time, obviously time management. You know, you, you, need, to, you need to really think about how, how you can be smart with your time. But... Also, also financially, you know, the, the, the trade-off is, is, it can be a financial one, you know, certainly early on in, in, your, mm. in your management career, whilst you are learning and, and, and developing, it, it takes time to, to build a bigger team and, 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 and that's where you, you I suppose, you, you, you make the earnings that offset what you may have lost through not, not you know, maybe not filling as much because you've got wider responsibilities. So I, th- I think that's a that's a big trade-off um, that it, it takes a, a while to, to come to terms with. But again, you know, if you're in the right business and, and and if you take very much a long-term view of, of what the objectives of your team are in your own career, then you know, there's no question that, that that can certainly pay off very very well. But as I say, you know, it really it's really quite important that you know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. I guess, and you know, know what the rewards are and. Yeah, uh, importantly, what, what what the trade-offs inevitably have to be. So did you have junior people in there that you had to train as well? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I think I think that the whole kind of haze environment is, uh, or I, I guess it's the same in, in all big companies. I, I, only, uh, I only work for the haze of the big recruitment companies. Um, those organisations, I think, are really just great environments to to learn all, all manner of skills, but certainly management as well, because there is the whole support there. There's, mm. um, we had a um, really, really sort of 
well-respected L&B team and, and like a playbook, I think it was, that was module one, module two, module three, and then there was lots of practical assessments and there was something for trainees and consultants and senior consultants, you know, so there was a different programme for every level and there was all this support, you know, behind the scenes really and as a manager in that environment it was your job to really just sort of apply apply the theory to, to the job and um as a you know as a billing manager it, it, it's one of the advantages of that is that you can you can lead by example um so um so yeah the, the, there was there was aspects of training but there's an awful lot of support in, in those in, environments um you know i think i think managing managing larger teams and managing in general is it's an easier task in a in a larger business than it is in a, in a smaller business that doesn't have the, the legacy of training programs and, yeah and, that's the thing pe- people are, yeah people are molded in in so many different forms when you, you go to a smaller business and, 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 and a boutique business you've got people with lots of experience or little to no experience um you know people that have come from all different kinds of companies um, recruitment non-recruitment you know so it's, it's a much harder task i think in a in a in a in, in one of the non-major businesses. So now within the team um, that you're, I mean, are you, are you, within the team that you have now, is that quite a big team or a medium-sized team? How does that it's, affect it's, uh, Yeah, I, I would say that we're a small team. So the, the business we have, um, we have seven, we have a team of seven in Thailand um, and, and now a team of, of seven in Singapore. So just, just sort of, um, yeah, we've just hired a couple of, of new people. Um, so I'd say, I'd say that it's a small team. Um, I'd say that, you know, there's, there's, various levels of experience um within within the two teams and, and, and different backgrounds as well which creates a lot of opportunity actually um but but the, you know there is a period of, of realization when, when the team comes together if you, you bring in new people into the team at a reasonably rapid rate then it can change the dynamics very quickly so you, you know you, you do need to sort of take a step out and and review how the dynamics of the team are changing as new individuals come and, and, and so on. And what on. takes up um, most of your time with that team now then? Because I'm trying to, for, for some listeners that might be looking at management or their mm. boss has said that we want you to be a manager, they may not necessarily know what that really looks like. Um, and God, I, I can remember exactly how it felt. <laughs> you didn't have an awful lot of time to yourself. So what what is it that takes up the times? You know, is it the one-on-ones? Is it going out and client meetings with them? Is it dealing with their problems? What, 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 what tends to take up most of the day, which takes you away from individually billing? So... We, we we thought quite a lot about this before we before we hired the team that, that we have. So we we've got a mixture of of, of people with experience and 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 also people with, with no experience. But the, the ones with no experience, of course, they they would take the most uh, you know the most amount of or they require the most amount of support and resources and and, and help. Um, but the, the, the way we have the, the team set up is, is those with no experience complement effectively the most most experienced ones in, in the team. So the the training I'd say is, is for the most part it, it, it's on the job and, and um, we we try to buddy up a, a very experienced consultant with with someone with no experience. Right. And what we found is that actually works really really well. Right. So they're watching them There's, go through a whole search. They're watching them speak yeah. to clients, going out on client meetings. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of shadowing until they're ready to sort of rock and roll on their own is that how it works yeah yeah very very much so um 
all of all of our consultants are consultants and we all we all have you know our, our own mandates and our own desk and our own focus and, and our own clients but we, we just try to cross things over as, as much as possible yeah so that the you know the the, the more inexperienced members of the team can can benefit from you know some of the relationships potentially of, of some of the more experienced members of the team and, and what we what we've actually found is that that's that's helped the development really um i of, bet yeah individuals and yeah you know it's, it's, it's very much been a case of learning on the job in in what is effectively uh or, or you know so it was last year but anyway a startup environment so the the, the learning curve is incredibly raw mm. um but what what that's probably done is it's, it's enabled that development process to operate at a slightly more rapid pace than, than what you might do in a more protected type of environment yeah exactly you're not necessarily then bogged down with lots of processes or you know tick this box do this go on this you know orientation yeah. and all this kind of um, yeah. stuff that takes a lot of time. So is there anything that you do that just from a time management perspective, well, before we move on to another topic, is there anything that you use, any tools, any hacks, anything that you find works really well? Cause it's the one thing that comes up so much yeah. to the people I speak to is kind of, Oh, I never have any time to myself now that I'm managing. No, I, I, I think it's the biggest challenge uh, or certainly one, one of the biggest challenges. Um, and it's harder. It's got harder and harder, actually. I think sort of going back to when I started my career in recruitment 15 years ago, um, and, you know, there wasn't there wasn't any social media, let, let alone like LinkedIn and, and, and all the other things you've got coming at you these days. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's, an, it's an absolute challenge. It's just it's really, well, it's, it's helped and it's hindered, I guess, by just the amount of different communications that you've got flying at you yeah. on a day-to-day basis um you know it could be linkedin or teams or, or whatsapp or email or your mobile or the desk line or you know there's, there's so many things that i think i think the key the key is to just really be quite disciplined and, mm. and and know know that you know whilst you might be tempting to you know put, put linkedin on and see what see what's going on in, in the industry um that that might not be the best thing to do if you're trying to do a very specific task at any one. Oh, so going down a time, rabbit so. hole. Oh, <laughs> an absolute nightmare. I have to kind of not look yeah. at LinkedIn until a specific time in the day, or otherwise, because I yeah. just get really excited. Oh, look at this! Look what someone's posted. Oh, it's really exciting because you know. So it really yeah. does. Uh, it's a night. It's an absolute nightmare mm. distraction, isn't it? LinkedIn or any it, it social is. media. Yeah, no, definitely. It is, and it's you know, it's a real, it's a real kind of serious. It's a really serious thing to talk about, you know, because it, 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 as you say, you know, it's very, it's very tempting to, and it, and it is part of the job to an extent. But you, you sort of, as I say, comes back to the discipline thing. You know when to, to switch off and, and, and yeah. switch on, really. And, and, and ideally, having a, a point in time of the day when you do that, you know, that you know is, is, is maybe the most optimal time to be looking at LinkedIn, um, which might not be the most optimal time to be, say, talking to candidates. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just, just trying to, you know, look at different tasks that you need to do um and, and allotting them to a certain time of the day and yeah just really being disciplined about that and, and from a you know from a management perspective and and the, you know the, the way that i get the way i've always handled this and, and this was this was something really that i was was taught again in, in management training back, back in Hayes, which was you know the, the start of the day and then the start of the week and the end of the week is there is a period of time in which you know you're you are your your teams and you're there to, um, you know, to, to go over anything serious and, and set goals and set objectives and provide support and training. And um, we'll do day plans or week plans. Um, That's really important. But there is a time. Mm. That, yeah, there, there, there is a time for that. And, and then, you know, after that time, it, it, it's really, you know, it's your time to 
um, effectively go out and, and business develop and, and, and try to do, you know, try to generate business for the team, which they, you know, they, they will, will all benefit from um, uh, as, as well. But I think, you know, there needs to be a separation between the two and, and also, you know, a degree of understanding as well that, you know, you might be busy preparing a tender or a presentation or, yeah. um, you, you know, so th- th- there is a, th- there is sort of a framework around the times when you're available and when you might not be as available. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's that's really important. I think that's really helpful. So, so to talk, you you mentioned before about the sort of the team size. How does that broken down then in terms of specialisations, or, or are you all generalists? Like, how does that how does that work? Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. No, so we, we have, um, so we, we started the business, we, we, we have our functional specializations and then I guess that was the way we, we had the business structured in, in, in year one, um, but then obviously as, as the business has grown in, into year two, um, we've we specialised uh, a bit further. So, so we, we have the Singapore office and, and the Thailand office at the moment that's operational. The Singapore office it is structured in a way that it, it, it encourages business development in Singapore because the well, the idea behind what we do is is the Singapore office is predominantly a business development office. And right. We business develop into key decision makers based in Singapore that make decisions across the whole of, of Asia Pacific. Um, and, and then we have a, a set of clients and a, a sort of target clients, if you like, who we know are very, very prominent in, in the Southeast Asian region. Um, and then in Thailand, we have a domestic office, but, but we also have a research team there. So there's a lot of support for, for, for research where they're not not entirely, oh, or not lovely, in all cases, 360, yeah, 360 yeah. consultants. You can so, deliver, so your delivery levels will hopefully be a lot better than... Yeah, places where people are doing yeah. a full 360, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely, and, and it allows us as well to sort of ad- adopt our or adopt like a bespoke approach to each market. Uh, I guess so. You know, Singapore, the dynamics of recruiting in Singapore is is very very different to the dynamics of recruiting similar roles in say Vietnam or, or Thailand yeah. or Indonesia. So. Um, you know, this is this is really something that the business was founded upon, which was we we realised that very very early, mm. and, and we have to we have to sort of adapt our approach specific to the local market, but yeah. at the same time try to get a consistent company approach, so that if a uh, you know head of head of supply chain based in Singapore, um, they'll have requirements in Singapore, but they may also have requirements across the region. That the 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 overall service delivery is the same, but what we do internally and how we go about our job internally it could be different in Indonesia yeah, yeah. to, 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 to Thailand um, and you're bringing your costs down it, as well aren't you in terms of times like this you're able to bring those costs down by having yeah. researchers based in Thailand versus yeah. paying maybe a Singapore salary where let's be honest Absolutely. that headcount sitting in an office with office space mm. is high that makes Absolutely, a lot of sense yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, and, and, and that you know, it, it's really that those principles that the, the business has been built around, and, yeah. and what what it what it what it's done is it, it's given us a, a unique selling point in the market. Um, you know, we can go out and, and talk to clients that previously either may have been a Singapore-based recruitment company trying to service roles in Thailand or Myanmar or uh, or a you know a, a lower cost country, but they're trying to service that from a higher higher model. What we 
done is effectively solve that problem for our clients and, and given them local on the ground delivery. I like that. Um, ha, just, so, I, like, yeah. I like that. I think that's a really, I think that's, I remember when I first met you guys, I thought that was quite unusual having, for a small business, having an office in Thailand. <laughs> it was sort of quite unusual because normally sort of people do a Singapore mm. or Hong Kong or Australia. So, you know, but it makes a lot of sense in terms of what those functions are sitting out sitting out in Thailand. Now, I want to move, I'm going to apologise. It's absolutely raining cats and dogs outside. I'm not sure. Can you hear it from your end? Uh, I can't. No, right, okay, can't fine. Ask. So to the listeners out I'm there, I'm not in a tunnel or anything like that. It is just, it's, it's as though monsoon has come early in Singapore. It's, um, I was, it's good that I went for my morning run on East Coast early in the morning. That I didn't have to endure what we're going through right now. So to everyone listening, I apologise if you can't hear me so well. Um I want to just um, move on to sort of the hiring side because uh, I think one of the toughest jobs for billing managers is not only billing and um, looking after your team and developing them, but also being able to, you know, attract talent to you. You're then wearing a different hat. You're marketing yourself, mm. you're marketing your team, you're conveying what kind of leader you are and how you develop people. So, you know, how have you tended to go out to market to hire people? You mentioned before that you've hired a couple of people. You know, what does that look like for you guys? What's worked? What's well worked well for yourself? Yeah, so we've got um, we've got quite an eclectic group, I, I guess. We've got we've got we've got guys in the team with no experience and, and when you and, say no experience, lots, lots what of, graduates or so no no recruitment experience, no recruitment experience, but they've got industry yeah. experience. Yeah, industry experience and or experience that's very closely aligned to the job of recruitment. So it could be you know consulting or customer service. Or right, sales. got it. Um, so there's there's different there's you know there's different different degrees really but you know whether you've got twenty plus years experience or or no no recruitment experience I'd say the one the one common the one common thing that we we've looked for and I'd say is is is, is evident in in all of the people that work for us is is and it's it's very hard to measure um, mm. it's, it's, which makes it a difficult a difficult question to answer but yeah. Really, you know, what we look for is something different, is, is a spark, is, um, and that could be something that someone's done in the past uh, or an experience that they've had in their life or a reason that they want to do recruitment or um, the drive? a particular like, driver. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, so dr- yeah totally. I mean, I think, yeah, right. I think, I think, I think drive is, is an underlying theme, mm. absolutely. So it, it's, and then any one of these behaviours can, can feed into that. Um, but it's something that you you know you normally identify within the recruitment process. It very rarely comes out of a textbook interview question. It's it's normally a, a behavioural based sort of action that, that's occurred, yeah. or it could be an email that you've received, or the way that they conduct themselves in yeah. you know in an interview, or even in the recruitment process. You know, we've we've um, we, we've hired some people that um, you know that that we, we we've interviewed and then they just hounded us for feedback you know and, uh, <laughs> so you can imagine and, them and, doing that in a recruitment role are these based <laughs> on are these based on yeah. certain values you have as a business though because it sounds as though because you were in agreement of them without even realizing maybe they are your core values then in terms of the drive the motivate it sounds like it's passion perseverance yeah. resilience in terms of what you're spotting in people very much so yeah i think um we talked about values very early on, really, before we we knew which way the, the business was going to go and, and the shape it was going to take and, and and the rate in which we we we'd get to the the point in which we are at the moment. So actually, it was something that we we spoke about very early and 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 maybe not so much for our first hires, but certainly after that, it, it, 
it's you know it's something that we assess we, we assess against effectively so myself yeah. Alex and James will will come together after we, we've interviewed candidates and, and we'll you know we'll, we'll assess them across the values yeah. of the business it's easier and, to and know if they're right or not then when, yeah. when it goes against those values you know it's probably not not quite right, That's right. I think one thing in right. one thing I always felt felt sometimes I was guilty of when interviewing people is you sometimes had that tendency to hire someone like yourself and that's I found that there were so many different personalities and different you know and and, and some very great introvert recruiters that mm. were exceptional so you really did have to look at that and make sure that you weren't doing sort of unconscious bias in those interviews because there is Absolutely. always that tendency to go, oh god you know he went to the same uni as me and he's done this and you know do you see what she did here and you just go oh you know and it, you really do need that sound check with other people to say yeah yeah it's great but you know doesn't necessarily mean we need the same cardboard cutout of you know we don't want to all look the same have you sort of yeah, found you, that you've had to pull back in those situations i think so yeah i think, I think it, it is it's the, it's the unconscious bias i think you you, you mentioned it there is is the the the, the, the consultant that you might be initially drawn to and think that you know they're they're the, they're the one you wish to offer a job to uh, you know with hindsight and, and if you you know you, you sort of get to the end of the process if you're fortunate enough to have a few options then then you, I think you need to challenge that actually um, mm. and, and particularly in our industries as well so so our business works across lots of different you know lots of different countries I think I think since the business started we, we placed in 18 different countries and we're obviously we, we have you know the, the two operational offices in in, uh, in in Singapore and Thailand and then across you know across the, the value chain functions that we work in it's actually a very very diverse sort of group of, of business functions so you've got you know you've got corporate you've got operational you we deal with senior people we deal with more junior people sometimes you've got like warehouse um, managers inventory managers and stuff like that. do you do all that as well yeah that does um, it, i mean it, it tends to um, it, it, i would say that we, we we were sort of a mid to senior level right okay that, that we we we, we uh, the, the jobs that we we recruit into but in, in terms of you know the backgrounds of the individuals it's very very diverse yeah. so it's really really important that we we match our markets internally you know with, with a diverse group of people whether that's individuals from a certain country um mm. so you know we're, we're we're looking to um we're looking to to drive some of our activity in the uh, the china electronics market at the moment from singapore where there's a lot of head offices based in singapore and so we've just hired a, a consultant that, that's coming from uh, from shenzhen um, right. who's going to be coming to, to lead that so we you know we, we try to where possible to to match you know, much yeah, that makes all the sense. With, with the yeah. markets, and, and um, I mean, we, we've seen that work incredibly well for us. So that that's really the way that we we hope to do that. But to do that, you know, you, you're right though. It, it does take it, it takes a very conscious effort in order to assess the individual and, and what does what, what what what's going to work in the market. Not you know, not what 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 do I you know maybe maybe think is is, is best as the team member that I might like to work with. In, in do you teams. do you tend to like to take people from competitors? I, I think um, I mean look. I think the first question is just around behaviours and, and culture and, and values. Um, and if you're fortunate enough to tick all those boxes, and they come from a, a competitor and they're still motivated yeah. to do the okay. job, then then great. But it, it definitely isn't. You know, it definitely isn't number one on on the criteria list. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think um, I think w w when it when it is number one, and if you you know if you focus on getting someone from a competitor and you, you compromise on, on the values and, and, and mm. some of the cultural fit 
what? side of things, you you run into problems down the line. Um, so no, so we um, yeah we 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 yeah. So the, the key thing really is that the culture, the, the values, mm. um, the, the behaviours of the individual, and, and how we assess that throughout the process. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look if if they you know if, if they. They, they have the experience and our functions. If they have a network, then great. Um, but it, it's definitely not a prerequisite. And I suppose for your office, for Singapore, it's those BD skills, right? They've got to have that if that's yeah. you know, versus maybe the Thailand office. So mm. has, there, has there been a time when you've gone out and you've hired someone and it's just gone completely drastically wrong? I mean, I've got thousands of stories. I could do probably a whole series <laughs> of. <laughs> we, we, not, <laughs> I'd like to hear some of this. Um, it's um, not not at Connexus, no. Um, of course, yeah, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so predictable no, that um, answer. <laughs> oh no, no, it didn't. Doesn't happen here. No, of course not. <laughs> well, look, we, we, it's good. It will happen. It will absolutely happen. But we, we're not. You know, we, we're not. We're not been long enough. In, in in the game, in, uh, you know, under this under this business, I think for, for us to experience drastic turnover. Uh, but look, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm sure, in, as is the case in any recruitment business, that it will happen at some point. I have, yeah. I mean, in the past, I've, I've been managing managing people for uh, you know over ten years now, and um, yeah, I think it has. And look, I think I think ultimately, you know, I can think of one or two examples, but you know, one that, that probably rings rings true in. In, in my, my first job moving out of like a big recruitment business into a smaller recruitment business when you're, you're given the, you know, the responsibility to, to really make the hiring decisions and go out and find consultants. And, Where was that, um, vertical or pro-co? This was, yeah, this was actually vertical talent. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyone listening so, to the podcast that worked at vertical, they may be that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, look, it, it actually... Now. No, no, no. The the it actually it was really the outcome was actually a positive outcome. Um, but I, th- I think what 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 went wrong there was was basically there was just a, a, a complete mass uh, mismatch of of kind of strengths versus what the job required. Um, right. And uh, you know, on on paper it was a perfect fit, but in reality um, it, it wasn't. So on paper, you know, the, we we. We had a, a candidate and it was an MBA qualified engineer as well, which is perfect for supply chain. You know, yeah. our, our clients our clients themselves love, love, love that kind of profile. Um, but in a sales environment, and despite you know some some assurances that that, that there was a sales track record there, that there were some challenges with the sales piece. So um, so yes, yeah, so that was you know that 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 was I, I guess an issue and it, it was it was, it was, look, it was ultimately our, our, our fault. It was my fault. Um, you know, we didn't get the match right. It hurts um, though, doesn't it? It really hurts but, when uh, that happens. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, it does. And I think it, it does. Yeah. And I, look, I think, um, I think, I think the key thing is, is you know, to, to have a degree of empathy and, and humility and, and, um, and and also, you know, if if you've got it wrong, you know, you you need to sort of acknowledge acknowledge that you have and try to resolve the situation and get rid of them as quickly as possible. <laughs> well, there's that, or, or try to you know try to adapt the role around the individual. And, and, oh, you're so and nice, Ben. You're so nice. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing about you know a smaller business. You have the um, you know you have you have the flexibility. It can it can yeah. be difficult because there isn't always the support, but. In a smaller business, there is the flexibility to be able to adapt and craft the yeah, job absolutely. around the yeah. strengths of an individual. So, um, 
so, so that's that's actually what we, we did in, in in that instance. Now, it, you know, I think I think then the job became something that, that individual didn't want to do, so they, they did end up leaving. But but you tried, you know, was, but they but they also yeah. left left, and people within the business didn't have a bad taste in their mouth. That's the thing, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of the yeah. I always found when when I was at Rob Walters, if we had to let someone go, it wasn't just the mm. even if they weren't making any money, the, the domino effect of that again with everybody else was just horrendous. Because everyone yeah, would just you, you, feel, gosh, you know, this person's left. Okay, but they weren't making any money. Um, it's, and you also know that they're probably going to end up as being your client somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> along, along yeah, exactly. Well, absolutely. So, so you've got to be, you've got to be careful on it. I think what's also just for listeners out there that may be managing a different team that they've not normally managed before as well is something to be aware of. Because I think if you're always been managing a particular team that you bill in, and then you've been asked to look after a different division that's very sort of, you know, it's not an area you've built in, but you're you're using your expertise as a leader to turn it around or whatever. Looking mm. at those types of individuals that would be very different from what you'd normally look for. I mean, you mentioned before about those values that you have ingrained within the business without even kind of realizing when you're going for that, when you're interviewing those people. But I think sometimes you can get that. I know I certainly got that muddled up when I looked after oil and gas. We launched oil and gas within Singapore and it was highly profitable, but, but, but I hired an absolute nutter. You know, so you're going, you know, you hire someone from, say, the UK and you think, OK, well, this is the type of person that you need for this team because you mm. don't really understand that business that much. Mm. You think, oh, the, you know, says all the right things. That's great. And I think we caught him gambling in Malaysia and, you know, doing all, all right, sorts okay. of things. And obviously <laughs> within a very short period of time, we had to let him go. Um, but it was just completely outside of your values. But you think, oh, I'll risk it because it's a new business and we don't know too much about that. This is probably what happens. But, you know, it doesn't fit within your business. So it's always important to understand when you're leading businesses is keep those values always, you know, know what they are, identify with them and make sure mm. when you're interviewing, whatever division they come, they've still got to be able to possess those um, and, and others, obviously. So that's, I think that was that was one that always struck me as kind of never, never forget what you're the types of people that you're interviewing. Yeah. They should really go, you know, stick with those values. But there we go. There is more to that story, but I'm not saying it on this podcast. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you start, when you first started managing a team, what were the three key three things that you prioritize focusing on? You know, this could be in the past or, or, or currently, you know, and, 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 and what's changed over the years? Um, I, th I think initially, and, and this was, you know, this was again in a, you know, in a, in a, in a large corporate environment where there is a, you know, there's really good management training, also really good managers around you to, to learn from as, as well. I think um, I remember my director actually saying to me at the, the time, "Is really the, the best thing you can do is is like lead from the front and just carry on trying to build as much money as you, you can, and, yeah. and actually people will, you know, people will follow and and and, and buy into you. And, and if you give them advice, then you know they'll they'll so slowly start to take that advice and then ultimately be be successful themselves. Really, so. That you know, that's the the small the small office, um, you know, sorry, small small team type mm. of uh, example, which um, you know, which has, I think that works. And when you when you are a billing manager, you have, you you can always fall back on the fact that you you're doing the same job as as, as all the individuals in the team. Yeah, so if, if there is a you know. Mm. If there is a behaviour, or if there is a, an activity, or if there is, um, you know, if there's something that you need, you need to change, you can you can do it yourself, and, and and then you know, hopefully others will follow. Um, so you know that that was that was really just something that I guess I've always really, I've always sort of 
had had those practices that were drilled into me very early on in the career and I've never really deviated too far from them I don't think and um, you know so that was that was very important I think that, again you know coming back to the time management piece really really important and being disciplined um, and uh, you know making sure that you um, yeah you, you say no when when you can say no and, and that yeah. you're there to, to support yeah. when when you when, when you need to support your team um, and I think I think people you know being a billing manager and particularly if you've got younger and, and lesser experienced individuals in the team it, it's really sort of taken a as selfless a view as, as possible really of, of what you do and what your responsibilities are and realizing that as a building manager you know it's your, it's your job to go out and develop develop yeah. clients for yeah. uh, the, the lesser experienced yeah. individuals dedicating in time in that week for them it's not all mm. just you and your mm. clients it's making time in your diary yeah. that you're going out with them because not only you're going out mm. with them you're, you're really training and developing them each time you're going out really aren't you exactly then you can let yeah, them go exactly yeah yeah, exactly, and then you know the, the, the kind of the, the the whole 360 process of a recruiter from winning a client to de- delivering on some some business. It, it, it's it's um, you know there's lots of things to learn throughout that process. Absolutely, and most absolutely. Of those, those learnings, most of those learnings are, are done on the job, really. So it, yeah. it has to start somewhere, which is is normally support with, with business development. And I, th- I think I, th- I think also when you're coming back from a client meeting where you've had fee discussions and you're then reflecting how that meeting went, I think one thing with billing managers that works really well from them not from them being selfless to their team is being able to reflect with that consultant on the way back and say, okay, could we have done mm. that fee model differently? What other ways could we have, because we've walked away and we're, we've said that we're only doing 25%. Could we have done a sliding scale? Could we have ring-fenced mm. the role for six months? Could we have done this? Could we have done that? Like, what, what are the options we could be doing? It's just, it's those kind of reflections of getting the consultant then to realise it's like anything with clients, it's never just going to be, that's what it is. It's, it, no, you are going to be um, looking at different, yeah, just looking at different options for a client, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that kind of period, you know, in, in, a, in a cab on a, on a way home from a client yeah. meeting, or you know, if it's at the end of the day, you, you grab a drink or a coffee or, or whatever, you know, that, that period of reflection after the meeting, I've always found really, you know, yeah. it, it's the time to address any one of yeah. those things. Yeah, because then but it's just that retention of learning. I think. It, I think sometimes yeah, when people uh, that don't learn, it's because you've not actually said, okay, how did it go? What would you have done differently? Mm. Did I talk too much and didn't give you a chance? Like, you know, talk to me. You know, it's 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 a great opportunity to to yeah to really reflect and and do that development. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention on the key three things? Did you do three or did you do two? I think I, I think I think I did three. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll yeah. listen back on that. <laughs> so on that motivation piece, obviously we're going yeah. through difficult times with the COVID pandemic. Yeah. You know, motivating staff and keeping them engaged can sometimes be a, a bit of a challenge. You know, how have you done? How have you gone about doing that? Have you done anything out of the ordinary with your team over the last few months that you that you can share with us? Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been hard times and, and, and difficult time difficult times in supply chain. Of course, it's, it's very sort of prevalent job function at the moment for all businesses, and and, and then obviously recruitment as as well. Um, I think one of the again, you know, comes back to lead, leading leading from the front and and um, and, and being being a, a billing manager, you're doing the, the same job really. So that behaviour shift, that activity shift, um, maintaining positivity, you know, mm. it, it's something that you can you, you know you, you can you can lead with your, yourself really. In what way um, then, Ben? When you're saying being positive, what are you saying? What are you doing? 
Look, it, it's pretty brutal to be honest out there at the moment. The market, the market is very, very yeah. tough. So I think you just have to take a very realistic view of it and, and understand what what's achievable and what isn't. Yeah. Whilst you know maintaining obviously stretch targets and, and and but just very much doing that aligned to what you know what 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 can be done for anybody mm. in in the market at, at the moment. So um, what what we've been doing is you know we, we try to sort of have have a, as as light a hearted review as possible at the end of every week i think that that's quite important you know i think at the moment you know there's, there's probably more challenges than there are opportunities so you know that the conversations about the business and about day-to-day activities it can quite you know it can quite quite quickly sort of turn into you know very doom doom and gloom Absol- types of scenario yeah um, yeah you're just so, having to reframe reframe those conversations now i suppose aren't you Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, but it, 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 the the thing is, it's if, if one of the guys in the team is, is having a tough time, then you know, I, I've also been having a tough time as well. So there is a sharing of, um, you know, understanding, yeah, and we're in it together. And, um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very much that. Very much we're, we're in it together, and, and um, the, you know, the the business has, has been. It sounds like your client's um, calling you now. Is that mine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always on the job, always on the job. But I think also, I think it's also, even though from a consultant perspective, it might seem, oh, it's, you know, I'm just calling lots of clients, there's no roles, et cetera, or I'm spending lots of time on the candidate side. But it's the work now, it's what you do now that really will depict what that future looks like in terms of your success. So there is a lot of positive reframing that can be said, right, to consultants. It's not going to be a waste. But you've got to make sure that you're consistent with those calls that you don't just forget those people yeah. when the times pick up because that's when Definitely. recruiters get their really bad reputations is oh i get sure. a call from you now right ah. Right. No, definitely. I, I think that you know that that kind of comes into the whole empathy side of things. And if, if we're empathetic with with the guys in the team, then you know hopefully they'll they'll be empathetic in in the market and they'll realise that there's people out there at the moment that you know really really need a job or, or there's, there's companies yeah. out there or hiring managers out there that you know they have their house set on hiring for a particular role and, and now they can't you know so it, it's it, it's just a sort of yeah having a, a level of understanding and empathy and and um which then resonates with the market um and from that you know i think you're right i think there's, there's you know it's, it's actually quite a good time to build relationships at the moment if you can demonstrate some of those behaviors and um so that that's what we've been been trying to do as much as as possible and and, and really just understand that our, our clients have, have got it you know as hard as yeah exactly you're sharing that no exactly um thank you for sharing yeah. on that side i i'm I, w- I really want to move on to one of my favorite topics um one-on-ones one-on-one meetings okay some get it right some get it wrong in terms of just yeah. how they're led so <laughs> i want to know everything about how you're running your one-on-ones because I, I i do okay. really feel that they're a really important time with mm. your direct reports and what you can get out of them so talk, yeah. talk me through you know um you know we know that it increases engagement you know it gets some focus on their objectives um it creates accountability so on so on so how do you structure your one-on-ones you know what's worked for you what hasn't gone so well um that you've had to adjust over time yeah so we, we um we, we have like a, I guess, a framework in, in, in place in, in that there is, you know, there's, there's key things that all, all of us that, that are managing in the business that we assess. And, and that's typically on, on a Monday or a Friday, sorry, on a Monday and a Friday. Right. Um, so there's a framework in place and it, it starts with outputs and, and, and outcomes. And, and then we kind of work back towards the, the activities and, and that's, that's the rough framework. But then, um, 
it, it's really it's really important that I, I you know I think one on ones are very much geared geared around the individual mm. and, and and how how they respond to to one on ones. You know some some you know some some view the one on ones for sort of for, for different reasons really um, and get different things out of it. Sometimes it's you know you're, you're more of a counselor as a, as opposed yeah. to a you know support and, and, mm. and they just need to know that actually yes you understand what the challenges are and that you're you're there to support them through the challenges. Um, at the other end of the scale, uh, it, it's it's uh, you know it can be more of a case of support and training. So it's like a mini training session, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. you know you're you're learning about where that individual is at and, and and what support they may need through the week or the month or or the quarter. Um, so so yes, yeah, so like in summary, we, we have a framework, but then it's really geared around around the individual and and, and how they you know how how they view what they want from the one on one. Typically, though, we, we, we have an outcome and, and there is a, you know, sort of a, a weekly activity plan, which is, again, crafted around the individual and, and, and the desk and what's required on, on the desk at any, any one point in time. Um, that, that's, you know, that, that, that would be, I guess, a way of working, a way of managing yeah. that. Yeah, and if they different. do then whatever they've committed to, do you then, does that then get written down and then being brought up again yeah. the following Friday then? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so it, it's um, it's it's uh, it's written down. It's it's um, it, it's it's um, sort of sent back to the consultant after the one on one. So then, the, the, and, and these are agreeable actions, basically. Right. So in, in you both committed to those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's documented. Um, and then on a Friday, as I say, a Friday is a slightly more, um, I, I guess, less formal type of, of catch up. You know, how did you go? It could be over, could be over a drink, or yeah. or, or like a, a yeah. weekly wrap up, um, and and then we'll revisit it on the Monday, and we'll we'll quickly, you know, quickly re- review where the business is at, where the desks are, what activities we've done, what activities weren't done, why, um, what the challenges are, and then we'll we'll go again, um, and, and and ultimately what what we found is actually sort of following that more kind of bespoke desk planning approach is as work for us as I say our, our markets are quite different really yeah. so we've got you know we've got some incredibly candidate short markets we've got some incredibly can, uh, incredibly job short markets so the you know the the, the there isn't a one size sort of fits all no and I like that I like that you've done that and, yeah because I think it is every consultant is a different different portfolios a different stage of their career they may be a high performing consultant they don't need you going through every single recruitment metric right it's more coaching it's more yeah. it's it's actually more psychological on how you're going to get from here to here what's that going to look like what can i do for yeah, you, or, you know, or stretching their abilities right because that's what they yeah, need well, they don't need a whole kpi discussion if they're already well, hitting of, their numbers yeah well, one one of the, the biggest reasons that, that we you know we, we've observed actually in, in the recruiting market is that of the you know of some of the, the, the big recruitment companies is the key reason why why people you know leave leave those those businesses and maybe look to come and work for a business like Connexus is is is, is for that reason. Right. It's not that they don't necessarily buy into the activity. It's it's more that the activity is a one size fits all yeah. type approach, and they may be in a you know super niche market or um, a, a market with some some little quirks to it or, or nuances which require a, a very specialized approach, which they know themselves the answers to, but what they're maybe being told to do isn't isn't what they believe worked in, in that specific market. And, and of, often it's the consultant that, that's right and the, the big company that, that's maybe wrong for the, the consultant, but they're probably right for the, the, the broader cause of the, the large organisation. Um, 
but that's where we've you know that's where we, we've actually we've interviewed some great people and, and been fortunate enough to actually hire some, some good people that have come out of that environment and they've, they've come on board and, and done really well really um and, and i think if you know if we didn't have that approach then they you know they, they might, might not be happy with us i think You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.